Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. I got lost there for a second. I must have got lost. I must have got lost. I forgot my computer password as we were starting the show. Perfect. (laughs) Anyway, here we are. Must go on. Welcome in (laughs) to this uh, March 25th edition of Libservative. Lots to cover as always, but first, he's Corey Walsh. And he is Dad Griffin. And uh, we are now. Although I haven't participated much because of a, a busy week. I know. Make excuses. We are now on TikTok, Corey. Yeah, we're on TikTok at Libservative Podcast. So if you're a TikToker and you want to come join us on another media uh, platform, come on, come hang out on TikTok. That seems where all the youngins are. I have yet, I'm on there. I've yet Dan to f- hasn't made any videos yet. No. I'm having fun with it. I've I'm just yet asking f- questions and I've yet to figure out the ways of the TikTok universe, but uh we're gonna figure this out. Rest assured. I can't wait to throw on my powdered wig, hit the uh <laughs> politics hashtag, and then find people's shit takes and then just respond with the video and be like, Let me tell you why the founding fathers disagree with you. <laughs> because you're an asshole. Because you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> You can also find us on other social media platforms at LibservativePod, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, uh, we are on Twitter, on Instagram, at LibservativePod. We're on Facebook at Libservative. You can reach us out directly at Libservative at gmail.com. LibservativePod, Corey. LibservativePod <laughs> at gmail.com. Son of a bitch. <laughs> and then uh, we we're also on this. WordPress at LibservativePodcast at WordPress.com. Or we're at uh, PodPage.com slash Libservative. You can read our monologues on our WordPress. Uh, we're on Twitter. I think we said that. I think I'm just renaming everything to make it sound like we have more at this point. When we already are on a shit ton of stuff. <laughs> I don't know why I need to try to emphasize that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to you gotta do it all. Speaking of being an asshole, Corey, uh, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> I'm drinking some Oberon. It's Oberon, man. Oh, Oberon it, just got released like, what, like two days ago? It is Oberon season for those, anybody outside of the state of Michigan. How far does Oberon stretch? I think I've seen it certainly in Ohio. I think I've seen it in Florida. I've seen it in various places, but it certainly is not a countrywide thing. It is a wheat beer. Yeah, so for anyone that doesn't know, Oberon is one of the best tasting spring summer beers that is a seasonal beer that comes out in the springtime and it is oh so good from bells oh, so tasty. the west side of the state of michigan here yeah kalamazoo right that's where bells is no no it's in comstock oh is it i'm sorry who am i thinking yeah. of who am i thinking of? who's who's kalamazoo uh i know this one <laughs> you know the answer to this question There's i'm some- at least gonna say i do it doesn't matter. All right. By the way, if you have to guess where a craft beer in Michigan, comes we just from, need Gab, right? Nice. So we just need to be on Gab. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Just, right. We're actually, and it's funny because we're actually still number two hundred and two thousand for Truth Social. 
I made us an account just so I can go on there just to get an idea of what people are saying. Very good for but you. But it's still not open. And if then you, I also if you ever have to guess where a craft beer comes from in Michigan, if you just guess Grand Rapids, you're probably right. Yeah, it's either Grand Rapids, Holland, or Detroit. Yeah. Or, I mean like anywhere on the west side, Grand Haven. I'm also drinking some New Riff Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Tasted it for the first time today. I was suckered into buying it. Uh, you ever been to so another local place around us, that place called Total Wine over on uh, Hall Road? I have not. I should be because I, I drive by it's it It's where the old Toys R Us used to be. And it's this store. It's probably the size of like a small market. Or not even a small market, like a big market. And it just has aisles and aisles and aisles and aisles of bourbons and vodkas and wines and beers. There was taste testing going on. I was in there drinking bourbon with some distiller from, uh, he's from Muskegon. It's called Wonder Wonderland. Uh, the brand new bourbon, they just came out. And then I was drinking some wines. They were pretty good. You're, you're, I had this like raspberry cherry wine or whatever. You're keeping up. I will. I will be more into bourbons when the summertime hits. I just I like drinking bourbon outside. I also it's bought some Michters. Something about it, but I'm. But I like this one better. Just drinking dirty martinis again, like an asshole. You love your martinis. This is that's going to be the name of this episode. We're just just a couple yeah. of assholes. <laughs> just intellectual idiots getting wasted on social media. Being assholes. Just uh, being assholes. What's it, new, Dan? It, honestly, it is fitting. What's new with me or just what's new yeah, in the world? in general. What's new with you? Nothing good. Uh, just we, gotta, did, we gotta let the audience know who we are, right? Did a hor- gotta create that just relationship. Did a, just did a, 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 a horrible trade show. I got reprimanded for my shoes because I, 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 I'm not gonna mention... you didn't wear any? I know. <laughs> I'm not gonna mention... <laughs> I'm not gonna mention the name of my company, but uh, we're stuck in 1962 where you have to wear a jacket and you have to wear the perfect shoes to a trade show. It's the first trade show I've been to because COVID shut down the last two. I've been with the company for three years and it's the first one I had been to and I'm getting, I'm getting hammered. Make sure you wear comfortable shoes. Make sure you wear comfortable oh, shoes. When you Make said sh- you get hammered, you were just literally getting hammered. I should have. It might have been better had I gotten hammered. No, there was no booze. Was I wearing shoes? I don't know. I was drunk. There was there was no there was no booze available. However, <laughs> I get they're, they're hammering at home for six weeks. Make sure you wear comfortable shoes. You're going to be on your feet for twelve hours. So what do I do, Corey? I put on, I put on a, a, a white, I put on a white shirt with a with a blue checkered tie. Right, nice. And so I'm like, okay, comfortable shoes. So I get out my, um, I get out my my white and blue Chuck Taylors. No Nike sneakers. Oh, okay. Very nice sneakers. They're not my lawn mowing shoes. They're brand new. They match my tie. They match my shirt. First thing that anybody says, right? This is this is a, this is a Super Bowl, right? This is our this is our Super Bowl of trade shows. We got to get out there and make sales, make sales, make sales, make sales. The higher ups at the company, they're worried about the fucking shoes that I'm wearing. Oh man! Never mind what you know. Never mind what my numbers are. Never mind the fact that I'm you know so I sold twenty five thousand extra dollars worth of right. product as a sales rep. You go to you go you go to the person to sell the product. They're like, yes, but what do your shoes look like? Exactly. Yeah. Um. Excuse me, sir. How many how many less sales do you think I made because I wore white sneakers to this trade show? When when my sales numbers are affected by my white sneakers. Then maybe you can reprimand me a little bit. I was making the Chuck Taylor joke because uh, Kamala Harris, I guess, just recently was all upset because uh, or someone oh, the on her staff cover? allegedly, yeah, 
because they ended up having to switch the picture. She wanted the picture to look more professional. Like they had like a more personalized photo of her, like in her Chuck Taylors and stuff, and they had to change the photo. Yeah, she wanted the the less honest picture of her <laughs> posted yeah. posted on the cover of Vogue. She, right. She's a disaster. What a mess. And what's funny is like the Biden administration's fighting it, but it's like, dude, you chose her, bro. Right. <laughs> like you, you, you're the one who chose her. I don't. I don't really know. I honestly like. We all knew it was probably going to be a, definitely a black human being, but probably a black woman that was going to be VP. And that's fine. I think there were definitely better choices than Kamala Harris, even with that criteria. I was. I How wanted you Susan Rice up like that. I wanted Susan Rice. That was that was the one that Susan I was Rice. rooting for. Okay. That was okay. the one because I think she kind of got the second place nod. She got the silver medal in the uh, uh, VP nomination category. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Whitmer was vying for it, and then they made it a color uh, one of the key components, and she got quickly kicked out because she's. It is what it is. White man. is the driven snow. You got to you got to appease the base, whatever it takes. Whatever Speaking of which, takes, uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson. Her hearings were this week. And look, this was a situation where, again, we, 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 don't, we don't have to harp on this a whole lot because we've talked about it a bunch already where you know Joe Biden openly said that he was going to nominate a black woman to be uh, the next uh, Supreme Court justice. And that's all well and good. But from a political sp- perspective, don't fucking say just, it. you don't need to say it. Like it's it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't help you. Like you can say it behind closed doors, right? Like just let like your people know, hey, we should probably get a black woman in here. Yeah, totally it's okay. like you already had yeah. It's like you already got a base. You don't need to just you don't need to say yeah. it. You don't appear any more woke by doing it. All you're doing is basically giving cannon fodder to the Well you do it to the lipstick liberals and the limousine with the lux- lim- limousine liberals with the luxury beliefs. Mm, yeah. Uh, on their yachts going, racism is bad. <laughs> yelling at like from offshore <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea what it's like to be poor but we got to help poor people uh this this th- hearing was an absolute as we probably could have expected was an absolute was it's an, everything oh, we yeah. thought it would be it's a, it was and it was an utter and complete joke and i think and i love how we're already throwing that like that uh that that three letter nickname at her Right? Like RBG. She's KBJ, right? I'm down with it. Probably because too many white people don't know how to pronounce her first name. But either way, she's... It, it's she, Katanji, right? I believe so. It's, it's oh. Katanji. <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody really knows how to say Kamala's name either. They call her Kamala. Yeah. It's Kamala. Just so everybody knows. If you don't know, she'll yeah, caramel, caramel. She'll get a new article written about you in Vogue. Um, just don't so, wear Chuck Taylor. So, look, this thing, this whole thing, and, and Corey, I think you paid a little bit closer attention to it than I did. But we I was able to listen to some of it throughout the day, some of the hearings and stuff like that. Who stuck out to you? Because the person that stuck out to me was Lindsey Graham. As Lindsey Graham, uh, Durbin, and. Uh, Blackburn and Ted Cruz, of course. <laughs> He's, he always finds a way to fit his nose in there, doesn't he? Oh my gosh. It was so funny. You see uh, those reports of Theodore. him yelling at the counter. Do you know who I am? When he was like, when they were like harassing him about not being able to get on the plane <laughs> to come to do the sentence of the questioning. This was Ted Cruz? 
Yeah. Oh. Look it up. Then at the airport, he was how could you not recognize Ted Cruz? He looks just like Satan might. Well, he was wearing a mask. <laughs> good for him. I don't know. Good for good for him. He had to wear He's at a the mask. airport. Yeah, but uh, and it's so funny because like I'm thinking about me being in my. <laughs> Having that power, the power that the TSA and the people in the airports have is like next to God. They can literally sit there and just go, oh, sorry, there's nothing we can do for you. And there's you, you make a scene, the TSA is going to throw your ass out. So there's literally they have you over a barrel. And if I was sitting there and he was just giving me shit and then he was like, do you know who I am? I'd have been like with this big smile, like, yes, yes, I know who you are. Why do you think I'm treating you like a piece of shit? Because you treat the American public like pieces <laughs> of shit. Here's a nice piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay so, Graham, yeah, no, they. Lindsay. it was literally the same thing. as like picture kind of the Kavanaugh thing, but the roles reversed. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. We're, we're not trying. Uh, the we're Democrats not- were just like, oh, my gosh, this is so exciting. You know, Cory Booker was like, this is a groundbreaking thing. Yeah, and- he was hard the whole time. Like he, and his, his boner was showing in his in his smile. <laughs> the table looked a little tilted. It did. I mean, and you, you know, I'm not going to say, and, it, uh, but you know what I want to say. I don't know what you want to say, but if <laughs> you're not going to say it, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, he uh, it was like, and like, where was the question? There was no questioning. Like everyone was just shooting for the gotcha. 30 second clip to be put on the news and on Twitter and stuff like that. We all knew she was going to be confirmed. You know, the fraternal order of police endorsed her. The, 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 the American bar association endorsed her. They were all in there giving her nothing but praises on the second day. And of course, everyone is stuck on the sound bites that you could tell that she wasn't even going to try to let herself be boxed in. Like when they were like one thing that stuck out that you see everyone sharing all these memes about like, Oh, what is a woman? Mm. is the stupidest fucking thing i yep. swear to god man. and that was that it's was a, that was a question from from lindsey graham that is no, that is was that, it lindsey i think it was blackburn was it it doesn't matter same thing they melded into one human being at this point doesn't really matter i think that was probably after graham walked out because graham just walked out oh that's right <laughs> he just walked off and everyone's like all right, all right see ya i'm taking my ball and i'm going he home. was getting mad about stuff he was making up <laughs> just walking out Either way, the question was the question was just like th- this is this is what makes me not take the GOP seriously, right? Like as much as I have an issue with establishment Democrats, like this is why I always have a little bit bigger issue with 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 the GOP, which is like you bitch about the way that the the, the woke media questioned Kavanaugh, or you you bitch about the way that the quote unquote woke media, the, the Jim Acostas of the world, who's in a in a an atrocious reporter, you know, questioned uh, uh, Donald Trump for four years about this, this gotcha. You're asking a question to catch somebody saying something. That's the reason you're asking the question. Not because you want like a legitimate answer to a, a, a topic or something that matters because you, you want to grab that, that soundbite of somebody saying something that may be construed as bad. And the asking Katanji Brown Jackson to 
define what a woman is, you know exactly what you're doing in this culture war climate. Because if she goes out and she tries to actually define what a woman is, the woke mob, the the, 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 the trans supporting mob is now going to come after her because right. she well, just defined goes, what a woman is. Exactly. And so she saw that coming from a mile away. She wasn't going to be boxed in. And her answer was like, everyone's trying to say like, she's like, oh, I don't know. But that's not what she said. She said, in this context, no, I can't define what a woman is. I'm not a biologist, which means basically she's saying this is a biological question that I'm not going to answer. And that is a smart question from her because that could be something that she rules on. Dude, the it's line. almost like her and she advisors. can't put her word. Like, so you understand what I'm saying? Like she can't. Yeah. No, but, it, but the way she, she answered can't. it, it's almost like her advisors said, they're going to ask you this question. I don't think she needs advisors, though. I, I understand. I understand yeah. that. But like it was so... It was so obvious that they would ask her some sort of gender-based question, and she knew that it was coming. How could yeah. she not? How could she not? Well, she probably it was- knew some sort of form was coming, but it's like being a judge, you can't show your cards. You can't show a preconceived uh, opinion or thought on a topic before it's something that you might be ruling on later. Like RBG in her in her hearing, she said that a lot. She's like, I can't comment on this because it might be something that I have to rule on later, which is smart to say. And this was and that's, that's basically that's what she was ago, saying. It seems like now. And it's basically like yeah, yeah. She was put in a long time ago. Oh, her yeah, her passing on or whatever. No, no, her when when she was when she was made a Supreme Court justice. That was almost thirty years ago now. Wow. <laughs> but yeah so it's uh yeah so she said she goes in this context no i can't answer i'm not a biologist because it's important that these people don't just flippantly answer these questions because then it shows their bias when it comes to a ruling later well and because of the culture war right now you know and because of you know these trans issues coming up more and more often it's it's not a good idea to answer that question because absolutely not. It's not it's not a good idea to answer that question because you know what gender is whether we like it or not whether we agree with it or disagree with it and by the way we'll get into it a little bit later in the show we have another topic around this but it, it is not it is not necessarily cut and dry to the American people to to the globe really what a woman is anymore. Whether we like it or not, my opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. The global opinion is it's debatable at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, in the uh, inclusiveness of like talking about it on the surface. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, it's it's a spectrum. That's what they say. And uh, yeah, we will definitely get into that more. So, But I don't want to get too far into that before I read my monologue because I think my monologue articulates very well where I feel on that. Yeah, I don't want to sure. trip myself up before that. Yeah, don't do that. But, but back to we could talk about the Wesley Hawkins case. Well, yeah, or but even before that one, let's talk about Gitmo. Ah, uh, yeah, so Katenji Brown Jackson is the only one that is running or not running that is about to, that she's going to be confirmed. We know it's going to happen. The Democrats have the majority. Uh, Manchin already said he's going to vote for her, so it basically solidifies it. You know, there's probably going to be some Republican moderates that do. But she's the only nominee of and this is including everyone who is already on the courts that has been in public high school. She didn't go to a private school. She uh, was, was a Supreme Court. She was a public defender. 
She was on the sentencing commission. She was a district judge and she was on the court of appeals for judges or the court of, she was a court of appeals judge. She's the only one. Uh, Thomas, Breyer, Roberts, Alito, Sotomayor, Kagan, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, or Barrett do not have all of those qualifications. And like I said, she's been endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police. Her parents are police officers. She's had nothing but the utmost praise from the American Bar Association. And so on, all, on top of all that, with her being a public defender, this is something that a lot of the other ones haven't, so there wasn't really questions on this with anyone else, but they were questioning her on her uh defending terrorists you know and they were like well how could you defend terrorists and she had to reiterate to them that i don't choose the people i defend but she really really drove home the fact that it doesn't matter uh where does it say she said that uh jackson noted that she didn't choose to represent the detainees but was assigned their cases and uh Federal public defenders do not get to pick their clients, she said. It's a core constitutional value that even those accused of the most heinous crimes get to be represented by a lawyer, she said. Now, this is from AP News. The article is titled Judge Jackson Girl on Guantanamo Detainee Representation. And this is why that's important, because it doesn't matter who you are. Our Constitution guarantees you under the amendments protection. And if you can't afford it, then you get a court appointed attorney. Yeah. Now, even when there's a current crisis like 9-11 or like a terrorist attack and everything like that, like it's important that we don't let emotional knee-jerk reactions in the moment supersede the Constitution. The con- and superseding the Constitution and just ignoring it is a bigger crisis than anything that could happen when the Constitution is what guarantees our inalienable rights. Right, because that... that- is what brings about like modern day versions of something like the Salem witch trials. Right. Because exactly because like her, her answer I think was perfect and it's obvious. It shouldn't be like this. This is what bothers me about the way that the way that she was questioned in her hearing was that how can you defend defending terrorists? Well, they committed a crime or an alleged crime on right, American soil until proven guilty. And we have equal protection under the law. It's in the Constitution. Equal protection under the law. You don't have to be an American citizen. Dude, anybody, and that's what, anybody who commits an alleged crime in the United States has a right to a defense. She was a public defender. She took the case she was assigned. Most, man. Yeah. Of anybody, it should be the GOP and people from the Republican Party that should be like, yeah, they're right. Because right now, a lot of their base, whether it's parents like going and uh, talking to student council board or uh, school council boards or people who were just there at the January 6th thing, not the crazy insurrectionist Viking guys busting in the doors and stuff like that. But we're getting to this dangerous point where especially that we talked about in an episode a couple ep- or a couple weeks ago about the DHS's uh, current thing about misinformation, disinformation being terrorist act. The word terrorist right now, domestic terrorist is being thrown around like no other from both sides and completely diminishing the meaning of the term. It completely diminishing the meaning of the term. Yes. But it's also scary that this word is being tossed around because then all of a sudden Gitmo is a possibility. Yeah. 
Guantanamo Bay is a possibility. And it's important that no matter who you are, an American citizen, you deserve the right to a fair trial. You know, it's it's the Red Scare from the 20s. Everyone is getting labeled communists and getting put on lists. You know, it's like we need to have a basic foundation of legal standing for every American, regardless of how heinous your crime was. And when people talk about what makes America great, that's what makes America great. We have stuff here that protects even the smallest person from the government and gives them the opportunity of being innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, the 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 attempt to by 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 our leaders to turn us into a fucking banana republic is unbelievable. I mean, all you have to th- all you, before even, you know, questioning Katanji Brown Jackson over her record as a public defender, which she had no control over, uh, but even even go to back to you know um, let's go back to RussiaGate. You know we need to prosecute Donald Trump. You know you 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 come up with all these with all this fake nonsense about him being a, an enemy of the state, right? That's that's how it starts. You make somebody appear to be the enemy of the state, but in reality, you're really just trying to prosecute somebody for being a political rival. And look, Donald Trump was just as guilty. You know, lock her up, lock her up. We all remember these chants, right? Yeah, those, that's scary. At the end of the day, that was all because she was a political rival. And they both did it to each other. And, and both parties are doing this to each other at this point. Yeah, and it's political rhetoric, sure. But political rhetoric, political rhetoric and words. We don't lock people up in this weight. country for being political rivals. That's what, that's what banana republics do. We don't do that here. Exactly. Commit a crime? Okay. Commit a provable crime? Okay. And we can get into, you know, corruption and how people avoid being charged with crimes. Obviously, that's a different conversation. But at the end of the day, you don't put people in prison for being a political rival. And that's, yeah, and that's what kills me about the whole political rhetoric thing. It's like, are these, you know, it's, yeah, it's... You want to talk about the Wesley? With the word terrorist being thrown around so much, it's important now more than ever that we really solidify the idea that everyone deserves fair representation. And that brings us, I think, to the Wesley Hawkins case, right? Because that's something that was hammered on. I think this is what Lindsey Graham was was hammering on. I could be wrong. Again, I didn't watch the whole thing. How many people watching this show watch the whole thing? Oh, 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 one more thing. One more thing I want to add with the Gitmo thing. Sure. Uh, I forget the guy's name. He uh, asked her, he's like, when you were defending these people, you called George H.W. Bush no, a George war w. criminal. Bush. George w. Yeah, George W. Yeah. Bush a war criminal. Donald Rumsfeld a war criminal. How can you do that? How can you call them war criminals? And it's like, well, that's easy. They fucking are. If the shoe fits. If the yep. shoe fits, they are. Before they, anybody, they're war criminals. And before, anybody, had, and before anybody loses it, you can call Barack Obama a war criminal, too. You can call Clinton a war criminal. You can call H.W. Bush a war criminal. You can call Ronald Reagan a war criminal. Yeah, it goes all the way back. You know, our military industrial complex has constantly just been pushing the envelope of superseding our Constitution and Congress, approving acts of war by doing police actions and uh, conflicts. You can play the yeah, but game. You can play the yeah, but game all day. Yeah, you can go back and forth. Yeah, we think that, you know, even Biden. Yeah, Biden. This guy's worse. Biden killing a guy who is bringing water home to his family. After we pulled out of Afghanistan, just to and killed this face. innocent volunteer 
who was a part of uh what was what was he doing like charity x in afghanistan of passing out water and stuff like that and they drone striked him and all of his kids when he was getting out of his car and his kids were running to him that's a fucking war crime it's a war crime yep 100 percent. and I'm not afraid to say that, even though right now Putin is the biggest war criminal. Every president since that doesn't Eisenhower. wash away any other sin. Would you and agree? Just because with, would you agree with this? Every president since Eisenhower, at some point, committed a war crime. It's pretty damn close, dude. It's really damn close. <clears throat> Regardless of the D or the R next to their name, right? Doesn't matter. You know, Barack Obama is using depleted uranium bullets. They give me a fucking break. Uh, and then, yeah. And so like right now, like, Donald, what kills Donald, me too Donald is like Trump all of a sudden Donald George Trump, W. Bush. Hold on. Okay. We got to throw Donald Trump in there. Right. Cause he's perfect. Uh, <laughs> Donald Trump, <laughs> Donald Trump essentially assassinating an, Ira- an Iranian, uh, military official. That's a fucking war crime too. Sorry, yeah. bro. And when he was on a diplomatic yeah. mission, yeah. he wasn't there for war. He was there on a dip- diplomat, di- diplomatic thing. Yeah. And then wouldn't allow. Yeah. And that's why they were able to bomb us back under article five of uh the un's contingencies for war and stuff like that because then we wouldn't let them come to america to talk to us at the security meeting <laughs> they're like hey yo you just killed our general we need to talk to you guys and we were like no no you need to realize what you've done and you need to go sit in your corner and take your time so out said fine and lost a couple missiles at us and gave a bunch of our guys trauma tb or yeah traumatic brain injuries over what over bullshit <laughs> yeah it's insane over ego, essentially. Yeah, over egos, yeah. And uh but yeah. So yeah, this they're all fucking up all over the place. But I want like and like I was saying, just because right now Putin is the biggest war criminal in the world, Currently, we can't just sure. wash away the sins of all these other people. You see a lot of people on the left washing away the sins of George Bush, throwing us into a war over bullshit with these fake uh weapons of mass destruction that we never found. And but because he's against Trump, everyone's like, oh, look at look at Bush, the painter. He's such the sweet old man. And it's like, no, that guy was a war criminal. I fell for it. I'll be honest. You can you can go on my Facebook and I was young and dumb. I and, didn't and, know. Fi- and find me praising George W. Bush not long ago. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Because he's anti-Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find it. I don't I don't I've changed my opinion on that now, but. You know how I like to be, Corey, because I know people. Can, I know people TDS. can go back in my social media and find shit that like contradicts what I say on the show. That's fine. Go ahead, go find it. Yeah, my opinion changes the facts change. Pray tell, what do you do, sir? Absolutely, or what I learn. I was an idiot. What do you want? Yeah, so what do you want from me? We're intellectual. <laughs> I'm doing idiots. my best here. Uh, the last thing about Ketanji Brown Jackson was the was the Wesley Hawkins case because that's something else that that they hammered on the fact that. Uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson, KBJ, uh, was very, very lenient on pedophiles. That's at least that's the way they put it. They say pedophiles, which is probably mostly when her case is like with like seventy percent of all the other rulings. I think is what the number was. Like it's basically what most of them do. The Wesley Hoggins case, to me, what I know, and if and and I'm. You, as as you are, we're open to correction. If somebody can point something out to us, we're always willing to read it and and change our minds on it. But it appears to me that the Wesley Hawkins case was about an 18-year-old gay boy, or man at that point, I guess I would say, uh, exploring his sexuality for the first time. He downloaded a bunch of sexually explicit images. Uh, he was uh, a part of a, a, a really hardcore 
Christian family where homosexuality is frowned upon. And he kind of got lost in that world. And yeah, he had some images on his computer that were of young boys. Uh, it looks really, really bad. And look, I'm not defending it. Right. However, even the prosecutor in this case said that this is a really unique case just based on his age, based on what he was doing with the material, what he was offering, what was being offered back to him. And even the prosecution, the prosecution only on the light sentence for two years prison time. Now, if you're gonna if you're gonna bring this up at a at any type of hearing, and you're of the opinion that all pedophiles are created equal, and I'm not I don't I, I'm I'm not here to argue that, but it seems like people on the far right always want to go. All pedophiles are created equal. There's no, there's there there's there's no nuance to being a pedophile. If that's the case, then all pedophiles should be hung up by their necks, or they should be, receive life sentences, right? But you have a yeah. prosecutor that you're not talking about that only wants two years prison time because even the prosecutor is saying this is a very unique case. Right, and, and everyone acts like it's the judge alone. And what kills me is all of these senators and stuff in there. A lot of them are lawyers; they know how the judicial system works. It's not the just the judge that just makes the sentencing. She takes into consideration what the prosecutor wants, what the defense wants, and what the jury wants. And it after all of those numbers are kind of put together, they they judge and decide what it's going to be. And I loved her her retort to that. When they said that, that she said, if there was a minimum sentencing, then he would have got that. And she said, unfortunately, minimum sentencing is done by you guys. Mm -hmm. It's a policy done by the Senate, not by me. She goes, if you want a minimum sentencing for this stuff, then you guys need to do that. But at the end of the day, she gave him three months after the prosecution asked for two years. You, you can read, you can read the case. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read the whole thing to you. If you care enough, go read it. Instead of being the person that has an opinion that you know all pedophiles are created equal. If that's your opinion, then that's your opinion. However, go after the prosecution if that's what you think as well. Um, right. But look, she gave him three months. The prosecution asked for two years. In ordinary, you know, child pornography cases, it's far more. So. Why is the prosecution not asking for more if it's not a unique case? And if that's right. going to be the one case you're going to point to over why she's a, a bad Supreme Court. Then why case. aren't you calling out a lenient prosecution? 100%. No, can't do that. Yeah. Does, doesn't fit our narrative doesn't that, she, that narrative, she's going to make yeah. a bad Supreme Court justice. But yeah, no, I'm excited to see her on there. It's nice to see someone who over like the my, the biggest thing for me was her unbiased. She voted for and against Biden. I mean Obama. She voted for and against Trump, and she uh, she also is like she's like based on some of her rulings. She's pretty pro worker and anti corporations. And our Supreme Court is very corporate right now, which reminds me. I just actually shared something on our Instagram, kind of a little off topic here. It's about Adam Schiff. He just really he just uh, introduced legislation to uh, repeal Citizens United. Shifty Schiff. Shifty Schiff. Got to throw him a cookie. That? Good. Shifty Schiff did that. And then you know what? 
just because I'm giving him credit, let's give uh, a, a person on the right some credit. DeSantis just mandated where people in Florida and high schools they have to uh, they have to. It's going to be mandatory that they make it to where there's financial classes, financial literacy classes. Yeah, financial literacy classes. And that's yeah. great. We have to give him a cookie too. No, Corey. No. If I'm giving Shifty Shift a cookie, I'm giving no. DeSantis a cookie. The fact that he's mandating those classes is racist. It's racist because it suggests that people of color don't know how to manage their finances. And is that a narrative you found? No, but I'm just assuming that's one. <laughs> <laughs> it's something someone's going to say. Yeah, they might, but I don't know. I think that should be something that uh, all people should be taught. Because we'd just be better off as a country if everyone just knew how to just balance their checkbooks right and realize that building credit leads to building wealth. How about trans? That's all. How about trans women in sports, Corey? We gotta we gotta move on. Oh, you go ahead and click it. I yeah, hit it on accident. Yeah, we did both at the same time. Uh, okay. This is what your monologue is on. Yeah. So I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm. All I'm gonna do is set the topic up. Um. Because there's been a lot of podcasts, there's been a lot of discussion of Leah Thomas, the female trans swimmer that, uh, let's call it what it is, folks, wiped the floor with the competition uh, all swim season long. So this is, I mean, fairness versus inclusion. Is it possible? Can we have both? Right. And it's something that we've all, we've been avoiding for a while because <laughs> this is just such a touchy topic. And... Uh, I ended up commenting on a Facebook post the other day with my personal account. It's remarkably nuanced. Yeah. And I think that my response was surprisingly more articulated than I thought it would be. So I figured I would kind of just put it into a monologue and then just write about it. I'm waiting for pages to open up into my monologue right now. So I'm stalling. You know, no. I don't want any dead air. I will set no it dead up. air. I will set it up for you, Corey. I mean, this is this is a fairness versus inclusion discussion, right? And it's it's you know, it's it's so interesting that when somebody disagrees with 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 you or you don't you don't necessarily pick a side, they accuse you of like this weird both sidesism argument. Well, you're just using both sidesism. You just you don't want to have the balls to 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 pick a side on this. And it's like, I think every nuanced conversation and every nuanced topic uh, has room to grow on both sides. So if that's what both sidesism is, then fine. I'm cool with both sidesism. This is a fairness versus, versus inclusion issue and can both be achieved when it comes to trans women participating in women's sports. And I don't have the answer, but I'm happy to listen to your monologue to find right. out whether or not we have an answer. I'm, Corey's going to answer right. this question for you right now. I don't mean to put the pressure on you. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to answer this question for anyone. All right. Try. I'll do my best. Well, well, this is a topic I never really planned on talking about. Full of culture war landmines that have been avoided publicly at an exerted effort. That is until Leah Thomas came backstroking into the daily conversation of fabricated anger and manufactured jubilee. Yet another social culture war that we as Americans are so lucky enough to afford with all the turmoil going on in the world. That is until I couldn't take it anymore. My social media feed 
was full of her face, both flattering and demeaning. I saw a lot of women speaking on the issue, talking about the fairness, and I saw a lot of men sharing memes, dehumanizing someone just trying to find their place on this ball of mud spiraling through the ether. I had to speak my mind. I couldn't t- I couldn't hold it in anymore. And then not to stroke my own ego, but an off-the-cuff comment expressed my back-and-forth arguments in my head in a way that surprised myself. So I thought it was worthy of a share because the response appears that a lot of people from all across the spectrum are, are somewhere aligned with my comment. It went something like this. This topic is probably one of the hardest to articulate, but it's been on my mind a lot. I watched the recent race after more and more outcry and vilification of Leah Thomas. Watching her pull herself out of the pool and virtually no one coming to congratulate her, and instead cheering on the swimmers in the lanes next to her. I kept my eyes on her, not, not the growing crowd of everyone else, and watching her walk away alone, completely unacknowledged by anyone. By herself? And it was a sad representation of how this whole scenario has led to a lot of hate and anger. And seeing this visual of her being alone is probably how she feels all the time. I couldn't imagine feeling the body dysphoria that some people feel. And it's easy for guys and girls comfortable in their skin to make a joke like, I would play with my my tits all day. Or, I would juggle my balls all day if their genders were switched. But past that, there's not much thought. Really imagine not being comfortable with yourself in that circumstance. It's sad. That being said, we need to have an understand we need to have more understanding in what these people are going through and accommodate them any way we can. The unfortunate part is is that this is that anecdotal, anthropological and biological evidence all show us that the male and female bodies are different. Evolution made that choice for us. It wasn't a conscious decision made by anyone. Are there outliers? Sure. But the two are built different due to millions of years of adaptation and evolving. I don't have the answers of what we should do. Should we have people stay in the sports that were designated for genders based on what they were assigned at birth? Do we have a trans-only league? Do we allow unfair advantages in sports in the name of inclusion? These are all questions that have to be asked honestly and really thought about without knee-jerk, emotionally charged reactions from either side. Because right now, the way Leah is being thrust into the spotlight and vilified for being herself isn't right. But it could be easily argued that taking away opportunities for women who have been women their entire lives isn't right either. Questions we all need to ask without being disingenuous. Disingenuous conversation. That's all that we've seemed to hear regarding this. And it's nothing new. We strip people down to the skeleton of what they are with no regards to how it makes them feel. And we need to have real conversations to find a way to have our cake and eat it too. This can't be that hard. We've been to the moon. I'm very sincere when I say I felt the hurt when I saw her all alone. Maybe I'm a puss. Too soft. That's fine. I know where I stand in feeling for her and the idea that sports might have to make room for people, but not at the cost of drowning out other individuals who are also trying to write their own stories. And that's all. That's all I got. Short and sweet. No, it's, it it is interesting, right? Because I know that, my knee-jerk reaction opinion, and you know, you can call me a transphobe or whatever. I will. We will talk about this in a nuanced, good faith way. But my immediate reaction is <clears throat> that she has a competitive advantage, and and it's d- not a biased opinion. It's just does 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 evolution. Does that mean I have an issue with her as a human being? No. No. Or have an issue with her wanting to be a swimmer? No. The only thing that make that would make her wrong 
and make and and give anybody an excuse to think that she's a horrible person would be if someday it comes out that she did this on purpose for the simple reason of going out and winning championships. Because yeah, because she went from 452nd as a man swimming How- now the front runner I personally don't believe that's the case. Now, if it ever comes out that that is the case, then yeah, Leah Thomas is a piece of shit. If that's the case, <laughs> that's going to be a terrible soundbite, Dan. Whatever people people <laughs> will pull that people will pull that, but we have it in context. You know what the fuck I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're I'm saying. I'm saying if that's the situation, I don't personally believe that is the situation, but it's something that's been brought up, has it not? Have you not seen it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People, yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was saying in the thing. People create caricatures of people all the time as some sort of just uh, effigy to just stab with a pitchfork. I mean, look at let's talk like Kyle Rittenhouse, Greta Thunberg. Um, what's the David Hogg? You know, we have all these young kids. Oh, what's her name? Uh, Kristen. Oh, the one that everyone always talks about her pooping herself in college. She took her senior photos with the with the uh, with the rifle, and everyone was up in arms about it. I know, but I got I know the, the there's the kid from uh, um, the, the the MAGA group from the Christian from the uh, Catholic school where the where the Native American guy was bu- bumping the and drum. He was, yeah, and he was just staring at him. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like we're taking these poor kids, and it's like just vilifying them as some sort of like they're just they become a front man for everything everyone hates about the other side. And they just become the, uh, and it's the it's, meta- metaphorical, just it's, it's an interesting, bag. it's an interesting question too. Cause it's like, okay, so is it Leah Thomas's fault? I don't think it is because she's allowed to compete. She's allowed to compete. If those are the rules, those are the rules. She's not breaking any rules. She's just competing because she's allowed to compete. Now, again, I'll go back to what I said earlier. If she's just taking advantage of the rules, then yeah, she sucks. However, I don't think that's the case. I think she's a person being the trans person that she is. Trying to find her place in the fucking world. And competing. Who, are, who is anybody to take that away from her? However, does that does that take anything away from the quote-unquote turf narrative that this is hurting cisgendered women? No, I don't think it does. I don't think it takes because anything when away there's from that argument when there's at all. only so many lanes in that pool, that's one less lane for an actual woman who is a woman her entire life. Let me ask you this question: Do you think it's unfair for Leah Thomas to compete against women? Yeah, you do. I do. I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't think it's her fault, but I, I agree with you. You know, like I said, like I'm sincere when I say, like I can't imagine being put in that position as her herself that just wants to swim, but also feels uncomfortable in her own body, and we're on a trend where there's more and more people that it's being more and more accepted that people are able to express themselves in their body and what makes them feel comfortable. And I'm, and I'm a hundred percent for that. We live, we're supposed to be the land of the free. We're supposed to achieve our dreams. We're supposed to chase our dreams. If somebody feels different in their body, it's not hurting anybody. But here's, but when it comes to a certain metric where it's a basic primitive uh, strength or feat that you're good at, Men are just better at it than women. And when they when they're and and when it's not a co ed situation, because there are those, right? You have co ed softball right. teams, you have co ed curling teams, all that stuff. 
Uh, I don't know why I brought up curling as an example, but well, no, it's an ex- it's a good example because like we, even in in co-ed less te- things co-ed, where there's less on the line, coed doubles tennis that exists. I was just gonna say, like even when it's something that's like less on the line, when it's something that's as simple as a beer league, you know, there's different divisions within the beer league. There's A, B, C, and D based on how good you are, mm-hmm. based on your, you know what I mean, like in weightlifting classes and every different little thing. There's people that are in different classes based on weights, based on, you know, like look at like high schools. There's division one, there's division two, there's division three, based on the performance of those people. Maybe we should be judging people based on their performance and maybe tightening it up and putting people into different divisions based on their performance individually. We do that if already, four- Corey. I mean, if if for me, like I watch collegiate sports, right? Like I like I like college football. I like college basketball. March Madness is going on. Unfortunately, my Wolverines lost last night. Oh, I watched it. And I they- had the boy watching football with me, and I watched it like basketball. I, I watched like the last like the second half, and it was like the last like eight minutes, and yeah. I saw them come back. Nah, and they, then it just gets yeah, they, taken away. Again. They beat themselves. You can't miss 427 shots from underneath the rim and expect to win a basketball game against Dude, a good that team. many. I, no, but <laughs> I was exaggerating. I was exaggerating, but it was a lot. Um, but no, I like I watch I watch collegiate sports, and you, you already have different divisions, right? You have Division One, and then you you, you have in in football you have the uh, a football bowl division, the that's, MAC, yeah, that's and, the yeah. top that's the top division, and and then you have the FCS, the football championship division, that's the lower tier schools, and that's just and we're and we're only talking about men, we're only talking yeah. about men playing football, so I I I don't really know what to say other than. I do think Leah Thomas, based on what I've read and what I've I've listened to multiple um, points of view on this, I do believe that Leah Thomas going through male puberty, that's what people don't want to talk about. That's what people that's what people want to dismiss. Leah Thomas going through male puberty does give her an advantage. Training as a man for his entire life. I don't. Yeah, I mean, well, but, I, but, what's but the it's not even does, just that, Corey. It's not even just that. It's, it's so people talk about her testosterone levels and how they're the same as other women, and that's that's fantastic. That's great. But the advantage that going through male puberty gives you is real. I mean, you just look at her standing next to. Those two other women on that podium. Look at the fact that she's beating women's Olympic silver medalists yeah. by what seems like lengths of the pool. Yeah, like if I mean, you, you have can't high school. see if you can't see that that's an advantage, or you choose not to see that that's an advantage, you're closing your eyes to this. Again, I will say it. Does it mean? <coughs> Does, does it mean that we should be degrading Leah Thomas as a human being? Does it mean that we should no, be degrading her? I think it's because, disgusting because she's competing. No, she is taking advantage. I won't even say taking advantage because that sounds bad. She is competing under the rules that are given to her. I think that's okay. I don't think she's a bad person. I'm not one of these people that's gonna like go on social media and say, why does this man get to compete against these women? I think yeah, it's awful. Yeah, see, that's where I'm at too. Like, fuck that. Like, that's your, you have to be a real asshole to just dis- disregard if someone's like, please call me this. And you're like, 
no. It's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, uh, yeah, it's like, I remember like I was sitting there and I'm just watching this and I see her pull it, you know, just walk away by herself and grab her chamois. So people who who have never done swimming and chamois is just like this microfiber, you know, cloth that like rings out real easily and you use it to like wipe off your face, wring it out. And it's just, I did swimming for a year in high school and uh, watching her just walk away by herself and everyone like shun her. It's like, you're seeing a perfect visual representation of why suicide rates in the trans community is really high. However, you're literally being attacked from all from all over of all angles. However, just for wanting to be you, I, I and I will defend this. However, it, it those other girls is it is it okay for them to feel like they're being cheated? Yes, and so, and that's the I thing. That's that's the interesting nuance about this, right? It's it's just so it's not cut and dry. You can feel bad for Leah Thomas and the way that she's treated. And also feel bad for those women that feel like they're being cheated. Yeah, it's it's just, it's not this. We like, had a bunch of really young people being thrusted into a spotlight who are still trying to figure out what the fuck is going on on this planet. Yeah, it's not like it. Can, you you can feel bad for Leah, and you can feel bad for the women that compete against her. And and I don't know what the answer is. And 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 where I get so mad is where people don't want to discuss it. It's either this right. or it's that. If I have to choose a side from the competitive perspective, put me on team turf, I guess, uh, is what people would say. Like, from a competitive perspective, I'm, I'm defending the cisgendered women because I think they're being cheated because somebody that went through male puberty is allowed to compete. However, that doesn't mean that I don't have empathy. I, I, I can't say empathy because... I don't know what it's like to be a trans person, but sympathy for Leah Thomas for the situation that she's in as well. You can have, you can feel both things. Yeah. It's exactly. not an easy explanation. Yeah, it, it's, it is. It's a tough one. So, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it? there's, like, yeah, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> this is just, it's, it's a real conversation that has to be had. Like I said in my monologue, that's not disingenuous. You don't write it off with a meme. It's, we really have to like, this is, I have to have a real come to Jesus moment about this. Do we, do we just shun people in the society and this help add and help, uh, you know, push the suicide rate up? You want my opinion? What do we do? No, you want my opinion? I have a trans league. I I mean, yeah, for sure. But I, I, I look, if you want to call me a transphobe, I'm I'm really sorry because I'm certainly not. But I don't think somebody like Leah Thomas should be competing against women. I don't think I don't think anybody that's gone through male puberty should be competing against people that have not gone through male puberty. And like, is it a double standard, right? Because like, let's say Leah Thomas was a trans man. Would you have an issue with her swimming against men? Nope. Wouldn't have an issue with it whatsoever if that's what that person chose to do, right? Because she'd be ranked four hundred and fifty second. It is, but even then, it's different. It's a double. It's a double standard. But like sub, some double standards have merit. Am I <laughs> am I crazy for saying that? No, it's not animosity. It's not animosity towards Leah Thomas or any other female trans athlete <laughs> or trans female athlete. But like, 
there is there is a line of fairness versus inclusion. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. It's yeah. It's the age. It's just like uh, individuality versus equality. And 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 I'll even give you because I I I'm not going to show it on the screen because I don't want to call anybody out here on the show. Um, but I do have a post about um, this person says to all those pushing the false narrative that trans people have an advantage in sports and are using Leah Thomas as proof. Uh, let me lay some stats down for you. And this person's point is that. Leah Thomas didn't have an advantage, but what she did was she compared Leah Thomas's pre-transition numbers and post-transition numbers to world record holders. That's not, that's not how you do this. You compare her pre-transition numbers and her post-transition numbers to collegiate swimming averages. Like don't compare Leah Thomas's numbers to fucking Katie Ledecky, an absolute freak in the pool who set unbelievable world records. And that's what we yeah. that's what we say is like that's what we always say like it's always based on averages. Right? Like I I think I probably said this last week and other weeks before. I was a pretty goddamn good high school tennis player. I was all county. If I played Serena Williams in her prime or otherwise, she would wipe the court with me. Right. But on average against other high school girls, how often would I have beaten them? Right. Probably and, pretty and often. Then, and then flip the script on that. You know, you want to bring up Serena Williams. Uh Serena Williams and her sister can't beat someone who's ranked two hundred and third, you know, when it comes to male tennis players. We're talking about we know that we know that because that experiment that, that experiment has already taken that place. That actually happened. We're talking yeah. about the best women tennis players. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing, Corey. Let me let me just speak real quick because I'm I'm you know I love you, buddy, but I'm the sports guy here. Uh, it doesn't degrade women athletes at all. They're unbelievably talented, but it is okay to recognize the difference between the male athlete especially the male athlete that's gone through male puberty and the female athlete it's not it's not a degradation like sue bird she's been in a lot of these march madness commercials she is probably the greatest female basketball player that has ever lived she's 41 years old and still plays professional basketball still looks really good she's still in great shape she's still unbelievable to watch However, if you put her on an NBA team, she would be cut in two seconds. Yeah. It doesn't degrade how good she is. She's fantastic. But there is a difference between a male athlete and a female athlete. There always will be. Right. And then saying that, just berating and talking shit and treating trans athletes as garbage isn't adding anything to this conversation because... It is something that we have to figure out. I don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. I, I invite I invite all of our listeners to join the conversation. <laughs> Andrew goes, put that on a sticker. I love you, buddy, but I'm the sports guy here. <laughs> Dude, that did sound really pretentious, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I love you, man, but just shut the fuck up for one second, would you? <laughs> 
Well, yeah, actually, earlier on, uh, before we even started the show, like Corey's the tool guy. We were talking about tools. Oh, now he's dog shitting on your tools. He was dog shitting on my tools. Like he he could have been like, "Shut the fuck up, dude! I'm the tool guy here. I'm Tim the Tool Man Taylor in this scenario." And it's it's true. Corey knows more about tools. I know more about sports. <laughs> this is why we get along. That's we just we talk about tools and sports. <laughs> Thank you for the um, comment, Andrew. That was uh, that was actually a, a much needed piece of laughter <laughs> during this episode. <laughs> Um, on to the next segment, right? What do you want to move to next? You want to talk about Fauci? I'm just going down the list, man. Oh, where is Fauci? Should he be gone? And, uh, would a replacement by Joe Biden mean anything? Uh, to answer the first part of that question, where is Anthony Fauci? He's probably somewhere injecting multiple vaccines into himself. And did you know he's like 80 something? I don't really care. I mean, I'm just saying he looks really good for his age, actually. <laughs> uh, should he be gone? I think the answer is yes. And would a, replace, yeah, and would a replacement by Joe Biden change anything? I would say no. Feel free to intervene. Okay, so should he be gone? I think yes, and this is why. <clears throat> he did, you know, he did what he could. Anyone who, at this point now... He's become such a polarizing figure that anyone who believes him has done basically everything that they're supposed Everyone that loves Fauci has already done everything they're supposed to. They got the vaccines. They got the boosters. They're wearing their masks. They're doing all the precautions they're supposed to do during a pandemic. But there's a whole other half of the country who need the advice from the CDC of how to properly deal with pandemics and things like that. And how to take care of themselves during a pandemic and save their lives and their family members' lives, who straight up just don't believe a word that comes out of Fauci's mouth. And those are the ones that need a voice to tell them how to properly uh, be proactive in fighting <laughs> a virus. And when we have half the country that doesn't believe an institution in our country when it comes to a pandemic, it might be time to do some rebranding. But the <laughs> we've done such a, our government has done such a piss poor job in polarizing and politicizing this whole damn thing that I don't know if a replacement by Joe Biden would change anything. Maybe create another committee. Have some Republicans on there that help confirm a new person. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, we've become so polarized that let's just say in an alternate universe, Donald Trump had won the 2020 election. And everything, all things being, everything's the same, right? Except Donald Trump's president right now instead of Joe Biden. Everything's the same. Pulled out of Afghanistan, all that stuff. If Donald Trump replaces Joe Biden... The other, the other, I'm sorry, Anthony Fauci, the, uh, the, the other half of the country doesn't trust the new guy. Yeah. So that's, that's where we are. Anthony Fauci, should he be replaced? Can anybody trust him? Probably not. He's already lied about masks and how effective vaccines are and what have you. But. There's a noble lie, Dan. A noble lie. I'm sorry. But either way, half the country isn't going to trust this person. 
Right. Regardless, it's going to be one half of the country or the other half of the country. Yeah, we've tainted and completely destroyed so many institutions in our country in the past year or so that it's absolutely just embarrassing. Like, if there's another pandemic that comes that's, like, not a uh, 1.1% death rate or whatever, and all of a sudden it's, like, 1 point something death rate or, like, a 10% death rate, we're Nobody's going to believe it. Nobody's going to believe we're it. Fucked. That's where we are because there, there were so many missteps and look it's here's the thing overreach when covid first started and every and we locked down like i think most of the country was cool with it because like okay we don't know what this thing's doing we don't know how deadly it is whatever but then when it started to kind of come out that wasn't necessarily what we thought and it was still vaccine no matter what Lockdown in certain jurisdictions, obviously other places in the country opened earlier than others, but it was just this argument about how deadly is this thing and what does it mean and should we should you get vaccinated when you, if you follow the money, you know that it's going to be perceived as more deadly than than it really is because Pfizer and Moderna want you to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. But it was yeah, just, Andrew. Andrew said the people who need it don't want it and the people who want it don't need it. <laughs> and he's exactly right. <laughs> Andrew, how would you like to replace Corey as my co-host? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That's it. Andrew's Inc. Blocked. <laughs> I, just I love you, buddy, but shut the fuck up. Just, <laughs> just straight, just straight to the point. I mean, I think it's a really good way to, I think it's a really good way to put it when it comes to the vaccine. No, Andrew's actually one of our biggest followers. He loves the show. Causing a hysteria to sell their bags. We, yeah, I mean, we, we know that. And, but the, the, yeah. it's like public health is when public health becomes politicized. We need to do some where are we? introspective soul searching. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I think but you yeah, and I are actually, both in it's, What's interesting, too, now that all the dust is settling with this whole thing is... We're seeing in some states the numbers that uh, were originally posted are way higher than they should have been. And then on the other end, we're seeing in some states the numbers were lower than they actually were. And I'm actually looking right now at a, uh, a Deadline Detroit.com article by Charlie LaDuff. You know, Our boy Charlie. Big fanboys of LaDuff. And he said, uh, it's LaDuff, more dead found in Michigan nursing homes. And so in places like Massachusetts, they're finding that like way less of the counts are like, or way less of the, the actual, the original numbers that they had are like way higher than they should have been. So like numbers are going down in some places, but then in places like Michigan, where we followed protocols of good old uh, Andrew Cuomo, you know, Hey, I'm Italian, Mr. Cuomo himself. That's okay. I like to touch titties. I'm Italian. I, I, I kiss people and I grope them. I'm Italian. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, we're finding that here in Michigan, um, there was actually a lot more people that died in the uh, the um, the nursing homes than originally it's a great, uh, it's a great emoji. was said. It's a great emoji for now- bright and eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Mario. It took you a second. Uh and I'm, I'm looking at another screen. <laughs> so instead of, uh, so right here it says, 
according to additional data from the Auditor General's work pub- product obtained by Deadline Detroit from state legislators, those hubs failed to report an additional 81 COVID deaths throughout the pandemic. So instead of 341 deaths in these hubs, as the, cl- as the state claims, there was actually 422. So that's one in five bodies in the nursing homes that weren't counted as, counted as COVID deaths. Mm. And uh, where does he say? So like like a 42% higher. So like keep him, So it says, keep in mind the independent report from the state auditor general shows at least <clears throat> 2,400 more people dead in the state's collective nursing facilities than Whitmer health officials acknowledged in their limited count a full 42% higher than the self-reported count by these facilities, placing Michigan well above the national uh, average. And I think this, this goes to show that a lot of this stuff did sometimes fall down to like just politics. You know what I mean? Like they were like, it's looking like they were like not counting people in certain areas and in certain States like ours, like when it counted and then over counting in other areas when it shouldn't have been counted. And it's funny, like the reason I'm bringing this article up because it's, it's a beautiful segue into our next topic. And because uh, then it goes on to talk about goofball challengers and talking about the midterms here at home. Oh, the midterms. I yep, am so yep, excited the midterms. about the midterms. And so it's, I'm still like, like, I like Whitmer. I really want to like her. But it's like that's when weird. Like it's, this it's, happen, you being a libertarian and liking Gretchen Whitmer is is odd. She's she's giving me free school, dude. Right, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> she's giving me free school. Her state of the state address. What have you done for me lately? Solid. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she's and I. I think it's maybe not even necessarily like her. It's respect when it comes to politics. When you follow her little career in the past couple of years, she is a political tactician. She's dude. a little oily, but relatively attractive. She's, <laughs> she, yeah, uh, looks aside, she is, when it comes to her political, uh, her political, like, uh, instincts, that's the word I'm looking for. She's, it's, she, she is, I will give her credit for this. She is a remarkably talented politician. Y- you don't have to, you don't have to like her. Uh, but yeah. she is she, as a, as a politician, she is pretty talented. She knows the right things to say at the right moments, mm-hmm. and she 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 does a good job in that way. I've had my issues yep. with her. I still have my issues with her. I voted for her. Oh yeah, is, I have major issues with her. Is that interesting? But like, how you can how you can vote for somebody and still have an have an issue with them? Like that's that's kind of what I want to explain. Sometimes. Well, I'm not going to throw the baby with the out with the bathwater, right? You know but what that's I mean? like, that, depending on who the competitor is. Isn't that the thing you want to explain to Trump people? Sometimes it's like you can vote for the guy and still have an issue with that person. Like, oh, that's what they all say. They're like, oh, he has mean tweets, but I sure like him. He tells it like it is. <laughs> it's just, no, but they don't. They don't have any actual issues with him. I, on the other hand, voted for Joe Biden, voted for Gretchen Whitmer, and have massive issues with both of them. I voted for Whitmer. I didn't vote for Biden. I voted third party for sure. You wasted your vote, Corey. I know. Tell me you about it. wasted your vote. Uh, but the reason why I even bring up those numbers is only because, like, the narrative coming from our administration here. And, like, I apologize to all of our listeners from around the world. This is kind of local. But she's been saying, or, you know, her pillow fluffers, that's how... 
Ladeff puts it, her army of pillow fluffers have pumped out the debunked narrative that her policies were so effective that deaths in long-term care facilities in Michigan are below national average. And even though Whitmer signed an executive order requiring nursing homes to accept infected patients still hot with COVID, the policy wasn't implemented. And that's what happened. That's what the big sticking point is. We had this weird policy that we were going to send old people who were sick with COVID from the hospital back to the nursing homes, because that's what happened in New York. And New York saw devastating, devastating deaths because of it. And so we did that here in the beginning and then quietly kind of let us like peter out and not do it when we saw how detrimental it was for Andrew Cuomo. And they were sticking with this whole thing that like, oh yeah, yes, we're below national average. We did an okay job, but we're finding out that we're actually above national average when it comes to the the deaths when it comes to the nursing homes um you know what that being said everything everything what's interesting about everything you just said you basically just pointed out what charlie pointed out and basically all i heard was that charlie laduff is a trump supporter (laughs) even though but wait even though even though he shit on the previous administration for poisoning Flint's water. Like yeah. Charlie, Charlie LaDuff is not a he's not a political guy in any way, shape, or form. He calls out. No, he's political. He's not a party pandering stooge. Sure, whatever you want to say. But <laughs> he he will call out both parties in the state of Michigan in the state of Michigan for whatever he feels is necessary. And he's right every time. Oh, yeah. He's just there to call the balls and strikes and corruption. That's what we strive to do on our show. I think that's why we love him so much. Charlie, he even if admits, he's like, I voted for her. Charlie, if you're he listening, did, he voted for her. Charlie, if you're listening, please come on our show. Oh, God. I'd love to have Charlie <laughs> on the show. You would have a boner to the whole interview. I would. I'd love Charlie. I've watched him growing up. Fox 2 News. The Americans. Good stuff. The Yeah. Uh, and so it's funny because then we go on to the midterms. And uh, he goes to talk about uh, the midterms here. And so he goes, the latest poll shows only 50% of the voters approve of Whitner. But my guess is she will probably win re-election if the gaggle of goofball Republican challengers is any indication. She'll they don't win. seem interested in the nursing home victims beyond a political talking point. They're more, they're more intoxicated by the scent of Trump's loafers than the actual business of ideas and governance. Not to they mention, tie themselves before you continue, Corey, to- before you continue, not to mention... Those uh, nursing home people—they're not—they're not, they're not going to go vote. They're not because they're dead. <laughs> so, but even the people in the nursing homes now are—I mean, how many of them actually get out to vote? I'm sure some of them do, but probably a lot of them. <clears throat> the conservatives really count on their old, oh, their older base because they're consistent and, and they're, they're reliable. And they're almost dead. Agree with us. Anyway, continue. Right. <laughs> She, he says, so they're more intoxicated by the scent of Trump's loafers than the actual business of ideas and governance. They tie themselves in knots trying to figure ways to promote Trump's big lie so as not to offend the big orange so as not to, and so as not to offend sensible voters come November. And every Michigan GOP big we I talk to knows it. The party is collapsing. The executive director, who was critical of Trump, showed himself the door last summer. The Michigan party chairman can't bother to be here, reportedly reportedly off canoodling in California. Two of the bigger campaigns are being run off by out-of-state sleazeballs. A third candidate lies about his birthday on an internet dating site trying to score women half his age. And it's all good copy. 
It's all good for business. The weirder it gets, the more the media eats. But what about the dead? They're gone, but they're not forgotten. Promise. And that kind of goes to what we what I've been saying too. That's what I think that's one thing I love about Laduff is when I see him say things, it's like, ah, that's what I said. <laughs> like GOP is nowhere to be found in Michigan. They gave up on it. They're not going to spend the money it's, here. They're it's worried so about the fight sad. in other states. Because even as somebody that has tradi- traditionally been a liberal, like I look at liberalism, I think, in a different way than most self-proclaimed liberals might. And g- being a liberal, it, I, I look at the GOP and I go, you have an opportunity. Like, you've had an opportunity. You've had an opportunity since 2012 that you just absolutely refuse to take advantage of. And as a liberal, I don't sit there and go, I'm never going to vote Republican. But I vote for ideas, not a hundred percent. You, you, you have this, you have this ability to capture the working class. You have this ability to, to capture these, these people that actually care about the, uh, these old folks in these homes that have died, which most of us should care about, but the liberal media is not going to report on it. And so, uh, go ahead. No, all I was going to say is, and so I, I just, there was a point in United States history where Republicans were liberal. Honestly, it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't, it was, I mean, Lincoln was a liberal Republican. Yeah. Freed the slaves, right? Right. And so <clears throat> this idea that Republicans can't be liberals ever again to me is silly like take advantage of what you have the democrats have they've they've gone neo-lib they've gone even neocon in certain instances like as republicans you have this ability to go and take advantage of what is actually liberal and they're not doing it it's yeah and i think it's funny actually because andrew just asked do you think they gave up before or after they redrew the district lines and i was actually going to say before he even said that, I said, do you think that this is a problem of every single election, no matter how local it is, becoming nationalized? 100%. We're talking about school boards yep. in you know in states that are now in the national media and stuff like that. Lo- local and state elections have become completely nationalized. You're either, if, and, you're, if you're a Republican, you are either, you are either never Trumper or you're a Trump, Trump person if, if you're a Republican. And so the downfall of that is, in the smallest faction of a voting like black. Now, like you said, it's, are you a never Trumper? Or are you a pro Trumper? And so when everything is nationalized, the GOP, all of a sudden their purse gets a whole lot smaller. Cause now they have to dump a lot more money and goes for the DNC too. They have to dump a lot more money into every single one of these elections because so much more hyper- hyperbolically is on the line. And I don't think they want to waste their money in Michigan. We're a purple state. And I think that they want to allocate this money because money isn't an infinite, you know, commodity. They they'd rather spend that money uh, somewhere else where they think they'll get more bang for their buck. They gave up on Michigan. They think that we're blue this round. 
That's not to say they won't come back, but they're going to put some stooge in to vote to go against uh, Whitmer and, and, just to show what, face, you know but they're not going to throw any money at it. Honestly, and again, I'm a liberal. I think that's silly. I think that's silly if you're the GOP. I think abandoning Michigan is a bad idea. Well, the, it, it shifted. They're going to go and get uh, states that like were very close to going red. Well, but why is Michigan not very close to going red? I mean, think about it. Gary Peters had a very, <laughs> very close election against because John they're James. not because they're saying by with their actions they're saying the quiet part out loud, and that's exactly what we just said. Whitmer is a tactician. She's a great politician. Politics. She's very, very good. I'll give her credit for. I'll give credit where credit is due. She's very good. Who who would we have? Justin Amash might have a shot because of the fact he disparaged Trump, and that's just it. But he, but he's a libertarian. He walked away from the Republican Party. The Republicans think, aren't going to back him because he walked away from Trump. But it's not just it's not just Michigan. I think you could say this about any purple state. I know we talk about Michigan because that's where our show is based. But I think this I think this goes for any purple state that was close in 2020. And that is, if all you need is a is a Republican nominee. For whatever it is, whether you're talking moderate, about yeah, yeah, whether you're talking about Senate, House, or or gubernatorial elections, all you need is somebody that is just that's anti-Trump. Now, I'm not even say anti-Trump because anti-Trump makes it sound like you're going out and your 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 campaign ads are talking about how you're against Trump, but just like ignoring Trump. And just being the moderate that everybody wants. If you just do that as a, as a Republican, I think you have a good chance to win in any purple state. Yeah. Because pur- purple states are sick of this shit. Well, I'm sick of this shit. I know you're sick of this shit. I think every purple state is tired of this fucking nonsense. Of and Trump I think that we're starting to get Trump. there. Uh, a lot of the people that Trump's endorsed recently for all these midterms aren't doing well at all. And it looks like he's losing his grasp on the balls of the GOP. And I think that's yeah, a good thing. Yeah, because it's, he's still focused on, they stole it from me in 2020 when it's like, dude, why don't you focus on winning the next one, you fucking asshole? That's what everybody... Right, you can't tell your base that the, that the elections is rigged and then expect people to vote for you. Because they're not going to... We already why would saw they vote? It. We what saw, would be the we, point? We saw it in Georgia in, tw- in 2020. With the 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 revotes or whatever it was, yeah, you, you don't. That's not a winning. If if you tell everybody that it's rigged, they're not going to go out and vote because it's rigged. Why would you go out and vote in something that's rigged? Yeah, like like, why would you go out and play a pickup basketball game if the referee has already has already determined that the other side's going to win? You're not going to go play that basketball game. Why would you do it in an election? Yeah, like Andrew just said, he goes, I think it'll be years before we see a suitable Republican candidate in Michigan because of the Trump divide. And he's absolutely right. Like, And, there it's, are- and it's a shame. It's a shame. You're, Andrew, I agree with you, but it's a fucking shame. And I'm I'm a liberal. I've never voted for a Republican in my entire life, but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't mean I'm not willing to do so if the right Republican candidate comes along. And now for me is the time for it to happen. I said in, I think. Right, because you feel disenfranchised by the Democrats. In 2016, you know who my favorite candidate was? Bernie Sanders. Yeah, but you know who a close second was? Hillary Clinton. John Kasich. Oh. 
<laughs> oh, okay, okay. John Kasich was my close second. He was the only sensible one on the stage. Do you remember when everyone was like just talking to each other and he's just like, oh, guys, check this out. He's like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, and it's just, he, 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 I mean, we can talk for hours about why that didn't work out, but there's a reason why a John Kasich candidate is super sensible, but with culture war nonsense, he doesn't have a chance. Or anybody yeah. like him doesn't have a chance. Re- reasonable right. Republican, I would have voted for him. If he had won that nomination, I would have voted for him over Hillary Clinton and not even thought about it. And I'm somebody who is a traditional liberal who has never voted for a Republican candidate in his life. A million times over, I would have voted for John Kasich in 2016. I would have. Wouldn't even, I wouldn't even thought Kasich, about it. Kasich, Hillary? Kasich, Clinton? Yeah, I probably would have voted for John Kasich. Not Gary Johnson. Well, no, I ended up voting for Gary Johnson because of the fact that. Oh, no, no. Remember, I told you this. I voted for Jill Stein. Oh, that's right. Because I thought that Gary Johnson would get the 10% vote. It was like a tactical vote. I wanted to get the help, whatever I could to help the Green Party get that 10% vote. So that way we had four parties getting more say in the following election. But Johnson didn't get 10% and neither did uh, Jill Stein. So. Corey, should we close this out with a new segment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we have a banner? Yeah, let's do it here. Let me... uh, There we go. Yeah. We have have talked on this show multiple times. We've we've done... um, What are the the fun segments we've done? We've done Red Pill, Blue Pill, where you have to Uh, choose... How Woke is Too Woke. But we haven't had a counterbalance to How Woke is Too Woke. I think we have that tonight. Our first ever segment of... Oh. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> I think, I think what, what year, year is it? I think what year is it is a great counterbalance to how woke is too woke. It's it's basically the the the, the right wing version of how woke is too woke. We've been trying to find this for a long time. I'm sure some of our listeners think we're super conservative, but we're not. If you've listened yep. to this show for ten minutes, you would realize that. But Corey's got our first ever version of what year is it, our counterbalance to how woke is too woke. And I think hopefully going forward, we'll be able to do both how woke is too woke versus what year is it. So go ahead, Corey. Yeah. So Senator Mike Braun uh, recently said that the Supreme Court was wrong to legalize interracial marriage. That's it. That's all. That's what he said. Hold on. Say that one more time for me because I was taking a drink. Republican of my Senator water. Mike Braun says Supreme Court was wrong to legalize interracial marriage. <laughs> so wait. No, I try, I'm, hold I'm, on. Wait I, that's a, a screenshot of an article I found. Wait a minute. What year? Up. What year was interracial marriage illegalized? Just out of uh, curiosity, I'll, I'll look it up while you look at that. Yeah, so now I'm finding articles where he's like backstepping and he goes, it's like business insider, the, the topic is. Braun says he didn't pay attention to interracial marriage question. He said now he's coming and saying, oh, I misunderstood the question. But I don't know exactly how that question is misunderstood. So in our state, Michigan, interracial marriage has been, <laughs> has been legal. It's still illegal, right? No, in our state, Michigan, 
interracial marriage has been illegal since 1888. Yeah, it's still, <laughs> I think it's still technically illegal here. It hasn't been taken off the books. It's just the federal law supersedes it. I got right? you. Yeah. So interracial marriage in the United States, <coughs> no laws, no laws passed in Wisconsin, Minnesota, New York, and a few other of the smaller East Coast states. And it was repealed in our state, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, New Mexico, and Washington in 1888. It was repealed through most of the West, Illinois, uh, Maryland between 1948 and 1967. And it was overturned in 1967 in basically all of the south, Southeast from Missouri to Texas to Florida up to West Virginia and Virginia. That blows my mind. That absolutely blows my 1967. mind. 1967. Isn't that crazy? Like my parents were born already. Yeah, it's insane. There's a song actually. Uh, it's funny, you know, because uh, so there's there's three things that I have a lot of opinions on. It's country music, politics, and alcohol. And I've said that in the show countless times at this point. And one of them, when it comes to country music, it's funny we're talking about interracial marriage. There's a song by Merle Haggard that came out in. Uh, Oh fuck! I don't know exactly. It came out like in the in the fifties or the sixties. Might even been the seventies, but it was by Merle Haggard, and it was called Irma Jackson. And the song is about loving a black woman that he could never tell anyone about because of the fact that at that time it was like so taboo to like someone of a different race. And it yeah, it's it's uh <clears throat> it's mind blowing to me that that's actually a thing, or that was actually a thing. That uh, <laughs> that was just like yeah, just norm. Like I don't even know how to say it. I don't even know what. It's so far from my brain. Yep, that's it. Probably not all to play this, but whatever. It's Irma Jackson. I'd love to shout my feelings from a mountain high. Yep. Tell the world I love her, and I will till I die. There's no way the world will understand that love I just is gotta speak because we'll get pulled off of YouTube if I don't. That's why Irma right, Jackson we gotta just talk over this. <laughs> yep, Irma Jackson's mind. When no one cared about us being friends. Yep. We were only children, and it really didn't matter <laughs> then. Brown eyed girl. But we grew up to <laughs> world that draws but yeah. And so basically, like, and it's funny too because like Merle Haggard, you know, he's he's poised as this uh, conservative guy, but like all those country singers back then were liberals. Yeah, Merle Haggard, Chris Christopherson, Johnny Dude. Cash, um, Leonard Leonard Skinner, man. Remark uh, a, rem- a remarkably liberal band. I mean, I know that's technically considered southern rock, but like. The, the they get they get po- they get pasted as this uh s- this this southern rock conservative racist band because they did fly the confederate flag but if you listen to any members of the band that survived their plane crash they will basically tell you that that 
that flag was kind of thrust upon them by by a marketing scheme. Yeah. Like they didn't fucking care about that flag. They never cared about that flag. Right. And even uh like their song, like a lot of their songs, like some of them were political or whatever. Like what's that song? Like, Southern man don't need a uh Southern, him around anyhow. I hope, Neil, I hope Neil Young will remember a Southern man don't need him around anyhow. Oh yeah. They, <coughs> they were way ahead of their time on that one, huh? Yeah, Whatever that, happened with Neil Young? That was a that was a diss track, bro. <laughs> that was the, it was that was uh, Sweet Home Alabama was the original diss track. You're right. <laughs> and then they crashed their plane. Ronnie, Vance. you think that was Neil Young's fault? What if Neil Young was the one that tampered with the plane? Uh, now let's not get into conspiracy. <laughs> See, this is where we need to have the tinfoil hats, Dan, <laughs> to put them on to talk about how Neil Young sabotaged the plane for Leonard Skinner. I don't know, man, but. What year is it? Ronnie Van Zant. What year is it? Ronnie Van Zant, another musician dead before his time. I'll raise my oh, man. I'll raise my uh, light to that. What else we got? We got anything else, Dan? I think that, I think I think that, that might be it. it for the I think day. that covers it. You know, we want to talk about polarization within parties, but that's something we can uh we can move on to another show. Yeah, that's we'll a whole nother thirty minute conversation. <sighs> anyway. Anyway. Corey, tell us where the people can find us. That's right. That's All what right, I was going to say. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Libservative Podcast is on all your social media and podcast platforms. We are on Facebook at Libservative. We are on Twitter and we are on uh, Instagram at Libservative Pod. We are on WordPress at LibservativePodcast at WordPress.com. We are on TikTok now. Dan hasn't made any videos yet. I'm on there talking a bunch of shit. Go ahead and check it out. It's libservative. Corey podcast. gave me a typo in the password, so we're yeah. Sorry we'll about that. Out. I'll tell you that. I'll retell you the password later. I'm not going to say it on the show. <laughs> uh, reach out to us directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Said it right that time, Dan. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, follow, and share. Come hang out and uh, join the conversation. And let's like let's make th- thinking sexy again. We all like sexy. Until next time, he's been Corey Walsh. And he has been Dan. I'm going to say it. Motherfucking Griffin. We love Ronnie Van Zant. <laughs> this has been Libservative. <laughs> Until next time, we are out of here. <laughs> <laughs>